0: what's up everybody and welcome to the mint city soccer show i'm cory Ensko, and i'm i'm still here they let me they let me come back for another week it's just a a a beautiful a beautiful thing and i know we talked about how the plan that we the secret plan that we made very public was that we'd be kicking off david and bringing on johnny to to have the full-on mint city coup this week but uh We only got through half of that plan. We did kick off David. <laughs> we brought back Matt Swift. So how you doing, Matt?
1: I'm good, man. Thank you guys for holding it down <laughs> when I was out.
0: Yeah. How was Charleston? Oh, it was fun.
1: I didn't get to do a lot of treasure hunting like I wanted to. The wife kind
0: of next that, but uh,
1: no, nah, it, was, it, was, it was a great time.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, let's let's dig right into it because, like uh, like last week as well, we have a couple of matches to chat about um, as we get ready for uh, yet another match on Saturday. It's been a it's been a busy month or so of of matches. It's hard to keep up with even a weekly podcast schedule, but we had a couple of matches that we're going to dig into. First, we had. Let's talk about the fun one first. The uh the LA Galaxy 1-0 win for Charlotte FC back on Saturday, away win at the Galaxy. I know the Galaxy aren't very good this year, but I feel like any time you can get out to LA and, and pick up that win, that was huge. How'd you feel about that one, Matt?
1: Yeah, I think you just you just said it. Like it you know, going out to LA picking up, not let alone a point, um, coming away with a with a victory is huge. You know, especially on this road trip that we have. It's you gotta come away with points where you can. L.A. Mm-hmm. is struggling and that's the game that we won. So job done, uh, I, I didn't think we played all that great, but who cares, we got the win and that's that's all <laughs> that's all I care about right now.
0: Yeah, I believe I saw somewhere and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I don't have to actually put it in front of me, was that the first time we've won back-to-back MLS road matches it could in be. our in our history? I believe be, I saw yeah. that stat somewhere. Someone can, can tweet at us and tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong on that. But I mean, to your point, I mean like winning on the road is, is, is tough. And, and especially for, you know, our road record is, is probably not the strongest. So, so to go out and pick up a win like that at this point, you know, we just, we just need those points. So I thought that was, that was huge.
1: Yeah. Anytime an East coast team can go all the way out to the West coast and pick up points. That's, that's great. That's a, that's a lot of travel. That's time difference. Uh, yeah. And. With MLS, the way it works, you win all your home games and you're, you, you're pretty much guaranteed to be in the playoffs. <laughs> but uh, it's always great to pick up uh, away victories.
0: Yeah. I feel like the recurring question, recurring topic of conversation we have about this team right now is about lineup and and substitution choices. So real quick before we kind of move into anything else, but anything surprise you about the lineup, about substitutions, about kind of the formations or anything that that, that they did in that match?
1: No, nothing really stood out to me. I I think Latanzio's hand is pretty much forced, especially these last two matches. And we'll get into what all we're missing, but yeah, nothing crazy that, that stood out. There's always some questions around subs and timing of subs, but that's, Mm -hmm. um, that's always up for debate, uh, when it comes to (laughs) Latanzio.
0: That is very true. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, like, like you said, there's only so much we can do right now with, with the amount of injuries, the amount of people that aren't able to travel, um, that you're kind of stuck with a certain, a certain lineup so um yeah anything else on la you want to talk about before we we jump to the to midweek match the one that just happened last night
1: no let's get into the philly game
0: all right so we're, we're we're spending very little time on the positivity and going and diving deep into the loss here so i'd like i like where your head's at matt um so we <laughs> yeah, have midweek yet another away match today another midweek match uh and we are the losers 1-0 to Philadelphia Union on a really really unfortunate bounce off the back of Kalina's leg or arm. I can't remember exactly where it was, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't good. Um, so yeah, where do you want to start with this one, Matt? Uh,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it positive. Uh, I tweeted this out last night and talked a little bit about it today on and Slack and Facebook. I mean, look, you're on the road. You're playing a really, really good Philadelphia Union side. Uh, we are down a lot of players. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just uh, we put out an article uh, about this already. But I mean, let's just let's just t- kind of talk through this. I mean, this is who we're missing. You're missing <laughs> Enzo Capetti. You're missing Camille Uzwiak. Mm-hmm. You're also. I mean, those are those are two DPS. Uzwiak was <laughs> in. Rare form, really performing well. He goes down, and so that's two huge offensive threats. And then you also have Mackenzie Gaines that's out. You also have Ben Bender that's out. You're also missing two players that had some off-the-field drama that are midfielders and attacking players. So... If I'm Latanzio and I look at my bench last night, you have Brandon Cambridge. Other than that, I'm looking around like I don't see really anybody else that can go get me a a, a point or create a chance or get a right. goal, you know. So I think it was You know, there's been a lot of criticism on Latanzio. I've been critical of some of his tactics and and subs Mm -hmm. and and things like that. But I think last night was just a matter of we stayed in it, we played tough, we played a a really informed team on the road, on short rest, and just got beat. And that's really totally all there is agree. to it. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to save my criticisms for Latanzio for other games and things like that, but um <laughs> I'm not going to be critical of, of this one. I, I've seen some posts about some timing of the subs and, you know, who was coming in for who, but, uh it, sure. you know, again, at the end of the day, he threw on everybody that he could. Um, You know, I know, Guzman Crujo came in for Justin Miram, and I know that that looks like a defensive, you know, posture. But we go to a to a three back, just like what that's exactly what Philly was doing, um, mm-hmm. and it allows our wing backs to push up, and then we make the other changes. So in the end, I mean, he puts everybody out there. I mean, you look at the you look at the bench, and it was Chris Hagar, um, Yeager, <laughs> backup goalkeeper. Jalen Lindsay and Scardinia, I think, uh, from uh, Crown Lexi Kit. That was it. So, who else would you put on instead of the people that were that were brought on? So, um, so yeah, we're just we're really depleted at the moment.
0: Yeah. Now I couldn't agree more, and I was actually uh pleasantly surprised when i went on to to twitter last night to just see kind of like after right after the match to see what the general reaction was because that's how i felt too and i was hoping that people weren't melting down about this match because i was like there's there's a you know obviously i don't want the team to lose i'm not like you know just settling for like yeah well we just should lose that match but mm-hmm. but yeah there's a lot of factors going into that playing on short rest with a really depleted team with a incredible lack of Uh, goal scorers and attacking players available to us playing against a team that you know doesn't doesn't give up a ton of goals and 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 you know especially when when they're at home so you know I I I get that and again you know sure Philly had a ton of chances that they easily could have scored more on but the actual goal that went in was a very just unlucky fluky goal and so I mean and we had our chances, you know, we, we had a few here and there sprinkled in. So I I can't be too mad about it. Um, you could, you can maybe ticky tacky about some of the, the sub choices and things like that. But, but to your point, I mean, we just, the, I kind of said it before when we were previewing the the LA match last week on the podcast, it was like, you know, the, you know, where do the goals come from? That's the biggest question. You know, you've got, you've got, I mean, Miram and Vargas is a good front line. Like I'm not mad about that, but it's just, you know, you're missing so many guys who've been so productive on this team this year that there's not really any depth there. And those guys are, I'm sure they're getting a little getting a little worn down playing two games a week for several weeks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Schedule exactly. has not been you know, kind.
1: I, <laughs> yeah. No, and you know, I look at Justin Miram and you know he has a game saturday he's playing wednesday he's got another game saturday you know he's 34 years old he he was not mm-hmm. brought into this team to play every game every minute so he's having to stretch right those those uh, older legs uh, and he's been great but you you got to be careful and then i mean look at look at the options that we did bring in you have brandon Cabridge, who is a young young guy just promoted up from crown legacy he had a uh, great two game or two goal performance, but you can't expect that from him every single game. He's been phenomenal, right? Yep, but you just can't expect that. And then you have Patrick uh, Agamain also too young and brought in and and those are your those are your options, you know, when you're yeah. down a goal um, but I, I just think on the night it's just it just wasn't our night. And that's fine. You're not going to win every game. There is so much parity in the MLS. uh, And that's what I I love about the league. It's not like any other league in the world where the top two, three teams every single year are going to be fighting for it or winning it or, you know, in the EPL. Like Man City is going to always run away with it. You know, it's, it's
0: just
1: it sucks, especially as an Arsenal fan. So, um, that's
0: about, that's about to say, especially this but, year, it hurts a little bit. But yeah, yeah,
1: and, and sometimes I mean, I, I gotta be honest, it, it gets boring. You know, I, I love, yeah.
0: I, I actually love to see teams
1: that are traditionally not great, you know, get up there and fighting. But the great thing about MLS is, shoot, you never know who's gonna win week, week to week. Mm-hmm. There's really never a team, maybe aside from LAFC, maybe and you know, you could throw Seattle or Cincinnati this year in there, like nothing's guaranteed. So, uh, but it just wasn't our night against a really good side.
0: Yeah. And I think to, to your point about, about Cambridge and some of those guys, you know, if I'm looking for silver linings, which I tend to do is, you know, these guys who are young, promising players who've shown some, some real flashes are getting some, some quality first team minutes that hopefully Will be beneficial down the road when, you know, as they continue to grow, continue to develop, they have some experience playing out there with that first team that, you know, they add that add to that depth as these guys come back and get healthy. And I think we were talking about this last week, too, but you look at someone like Jan, who, you know, really hadn't had many chances that, you know, we talked about sometimes how we felt like, you know, he'd really underperformed and and we're a little disappointed in what he's brought to the team, but he's been able just from sheer lack of attrition or from sheer attrition and lack of players, that like he's had a spot on the, on the field and has and has performed, I think, pretty well. So so there there's there's some bright spots that, you know, it, it helps build that depth a little bit so that when these these players come back from injury, and we get back closer to that full health. It gives us some more options, it gives us more depth as we get as we get later into the season. Hopefully,
1: yeah, I'm glad that you brought up Jan. I've been so pleased with him and impressed. You know, I, I've seen it before where players get dropped or demoted or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and they in their headspace is just not there. They kind of give up, or they they get mad and vindictive. And they never come back. Jan played a few games at Legacy, hung in there, has come back, and again, I, I think he's been very solid. I'm really pleased with him. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe should have started. I don't know. Did you bring him <laughs> in, uh, you know. Yeah, you know, he's got a great left foot. I, I think he was brought in later in the game to maybe jump start. He was, yeah. The offense from the from the back to play those balls forward, but it's kind of like, yeah, maybe. Maybe do that from the beginning. So, and he has a, a pretty good record when he when he does start. So, or we have a pretty good record <laughs> when he when he starts. So, just something to I, think about there.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I have a question for you. From since you're I, I, you're definitely more tactical-brained of of the two of us, and 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 so I like to play kind of the dumb fan role sometimes. But something something they talked about a lot on the last. I feel like it's been the last two matches they've talked about. This is the formation changes happening in the flow of the game, right? How, how Charlotte's been kind of playing like a, you know, they'll, they'll play four back when they're on defense and then, you know, whether it be off or be someone else kind of pulls into the midfield when they're attacking to go to a, what's like almost like a three back with another midfielder. Yep. And, you know, Early in the season, I feel like some of those things kind of made me nervous. But I feel like it's 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 actually worked pretty well for them the, recently. The past couple of games, I feel like, and and even you know again just kind of parodying what the announcers saying, you know maybe even keeps another team off balance as they're having to kind of you know figure out who's shifting where, who's doing what. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, but yeah, it's just it's just been interesting to see the way we've been changing formations, not just. Like changing with a sub and going to a five back or something like that, but really like mid mid flow of the game, depending on where the ball is, we've been kind of shifting positions. Thoughts, questions, concerns. Where's your oh, Where's your I, brain? I at?
1: have lots of concerns, and it <laughs> and it definitely keeps me off guard. And,
0: and I, I was setting you up for that,
1: and and I hate it. <laughs> so um, <laughs> because to me, when when we have our right back you know, pinching in to play kind of like that dual six role with uh, Derek Jones. I think that leaves the outside open too much yeah. on counterattacks. And I, I, yeah. I can't remember what game it was. Even the announcer who, you know, of course they don't do our games all the time. They even said, like, right. if, if the opposing team could hit that first time ball into that space, we're, we're doomed. Yeah. luckily, luckily we've been stopping that but we're very prone and it's susceptible to 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 that um i just think it's it's dangerous i don't like it at all i like it when we keep our <laughs> shape um yeah and you know when you're we're talking about tactics and stuff like that that's a tactic that i i just don't like um it's clogging the middle I don't think you know Jalen Lindsey was doing that a couple of games ago, and mm-hmm. he just doesn't give you enough going forward in that in that role. I like him starting, I just don't like him in the middle alongside Derek Jones. I, I just, right, uh, but there, there's a there's a bigger problem with all of this. That tactic could possibly work. But you have these two sixes. It's The, the problem is what we have in front. Mm-hmm. We still don't have a proper number 10, proper playmaker mm-hmm. that can take the ball, turn, and make something happen and drive the ball. Even last night in, in this game, we don't play through the channels. We don't play through the middle of the field. It's Everything's out wide, out wide, out wide. Um, and it slows slows the play down and it allows yeah. teams to get back and defend instead of just going through the channels. Um, so the whole thing with, with pinching in and clogging the middle, that's great. But I, I still think that teams can should be able to figure that out and if they can get that ball out wide. And I think – I. I I think Philadelphia did that to a certain extent. They were playing some balls over the mm-hmm. top into those kind of yeah. channels that I want us to play in. Um, and luckily, there were a couple that were offsides. One looked really, really close. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe they yeah. didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they saw a different angle than what we were seeing on TV. It made it more clear, but it looked really close on one of those for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't like it at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I kind of thought that might be the answer. But I don't want to throw it out to you. It was, just, it was interesting watching the LA match, how they kept spinning it as a positive of like, they they did, I think multiple times just about it, keeping them off balance and and how they were doing it. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not super comfortable with it either. I do feel like the past two matches, whether it's because the other team couldn't find the passes they needed to, or, we played it a little bit better. It seemed to, it seemed to work a little bit better than I've, than I've seen before, but it does. I feel like it's, it does leave us exposed. And it also, like, I think back to, we talked about in the, was it the open cup match against Birmingham, you know, like Milana getting a second yellow. I think that's, you know, that's part of that. He's out there on, on the wing trying to defend that guy, which is not where he should be. Exactly. But it's because I I don't know if it was Lindsay or who it was, was, who had already had gone up and pinched in. So it was
1: Lindsay.
0: It leaves you on an Island there with, with guys who are not, Necessarily suited or used to that that role. Yep,
1: absolutely. I was I was kind of furious when he picked up. Well, I was mad anyway that he picked up the second yellow because <laughs> it was very stupid. But um, yeah, I was even more upset that he was even out there to start with. Uh, quick note: yeah. I think um, we are third in yellow cards or second in yellow <laughs> cards in the whole not not in our conference, just in all of MLS.
0: I have, that feels right.
1: And we're, I, yeah, I think we're second or third in yellow cards. And then seventh with fouls committed. Um, so that's not, that's not great.
0: And, <laughs> not
1: um, great. and I, and I got to say, cause we give, you know, we give Capetti a hard time for picking up yellow cards, but I, I'm getting really sick of Swiderski and Westwood picking up. Yeah. Stupid. Super the cards. I mean, Westwood's a veteran. He's the captain. Right, it's got to stop. It it really has got to stop.
0: Yeah, it's it's one thing to see that from your your hot headed Argentinian striker. It's like, all right, buddy, calm down a little bit. You know, like that's that's you know, you don't want to see it, but like it just it fits it fits the personality. But yeah, your your experienced veteran, you know, anchor of the team midfielder shouldn't be picking it, and that that's doesn't surprise me not that we're ranked that high. And it's also like the breakdown of how many of those are, you know, dissent or silly or delay of game or whatever, whatever you like, not actually like bad foul yellows. Yep. It's like stupid stuff yeah. we're doing like over and over and over yeah, again. I feel, and it's like, the, we're, we're hurting ourselves. Like, what are we doing? Well, I feel
1: like those three players alone have, and Derek Jones, I believe those yeah. guys have basically... <laughs> Got all where of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Derek uh, Jones is really high on fouls committed in yellow cards.
0: I can definitely I can see definitely the fouls committed. I wouldn't be sure about yellow cards, but I can absolutely see fouls committed. Um we you we you, you mentioned it briefly earlier, but you mentioned that who came back on. Um how did it feel to see him for you back Great. back on the field for the first time in a long time? I
1: love it. I love him. <laughs> I'm um, so too. glad he's back. I thought he played pretty pretty good, man. Get getting a couple of minutes under his legs. I know he played for Legacy, and, but that's a little different. Uh it's just good mm-hmm. to have him back. It's it's good to have his presence there. Um always thought he was kind of level headed as well. Um a good guy, funny, just I just can't help but like him. So really, really cool to see him back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I feel like there were multiple times last year, especially early in the season, we were talking, I mean, he was very often the best player on the field, like just, just so good back there. So it's great to see him back and, yeah. and, and hopefully getting, continue to get healthy. I don't want to rush him back. You know, it's great to see him on there, mm-hmm. but let's take his time, to make sure he's, yeah he's good and fully ready to come back on.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, you know, we posted, posted an article on the website at mintcitysoccershow.com. Go check it out. But, um, yeah, Carujo has missed 32 games in all competitions. You know, kind of going back Man. to this, you know, players that we've been missing. And, you know, the article was kind of basing around like, hey, let's put everything into perspective. Here's what's happened to us. We've had a lot of like unfortunate things go not our way. So, um, and he's one of those, one of those things out 32 games. That's a you know, and not having him around, not having him on the field. I mean, he played and start started every game up until that. So it's just, it's really good to have him back.
0: All right. So with that, I think it's about time to, to dive into some listener questions. What do you think, Matt?
1: Let's do it.
0: So here we go. Let's let's. I'm just gonna do it from the top, from which you sent me, Matt. I haven't looked at these at all before. I'm about to read them live, so you know. Hopefully, there's no uh, profanity or anything that I have to try to avoid as I'm reading this live. But we'll see. So from at Zach Mac on Twitter. Lately in transition, Jones has been playing a pseudo center back with five in the back. He also plays a little more forward when our fullbacks invert to a six to pair with him. Seems like tactically he's our most important player at this point. Would y'all agree or disagree? And then a comment. Dude has been in form. <laughs> Which I... Yeah, thoughts.
1: That, <laughs> yeah, so, good question. Uh, and we talked about this a little bit about some of the tactics about you know our right backs pinching in and everything like yep. that. I I think he is a very important player on the field. I think... Especially last night, he tends to hold on to the ball like one more touch more than what he needs.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: man, it was driving me nuts last night. But I will say it was a lot. There were a lot of heavy legs. There were, I mean, like heavy, super heavy touches by everybody. But yeah, he is. Whoever plays in that role, whether it's him, Bronico, whoever, it is super important because. They have to get the ball from the defense, turn, and then make a play, right? Mm-hmm. All good teams have uh, have a good six. Um, they're not the playmakers, but they are the person that's, that's the pivot, right? If the pivot guy is playing sideways, playing backwards, if he's not getting in positions to receive the ball well, then you have to go outside. Then we're kicking it back and forth around the back, and sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. I like Derek Jones. But I do have my criticisms of him. Uh, is he in form? Yeah, okay. That that is highly debatable. But I'm not saying that he hasn't been playing well. I'm just saying that sometimes he holds on to the ball too long and sometimes he's not getting he's not getting open like I want. And he's not playing the ball forward like I want.
0: But yeah. so yeah. I'd agree with that. I do. Th- I'm glad you said the thing about him holding on to the ball for just like one or two more touches than you want. Cause I feel like he is, he's so confident in his ability on the ball, which I respect. Yes. Yeah. But man, it scares the bejesus out of me sometimes. I'm like, just. Yeah. yeah. Get rid of it, Derek. just get yeah, rid of it. Exactly. Give it to someone else.
1: Yeah. And stop. Yeah. That's all I want him to do. Get the ball turned, get it off his feet. Uh, he he's yeah. kind of like a to be a big man, like he glides really he well. He does. Um, I love his height. I I like him personally. Don't don't get me wrong. Just sometimes, man, just get open a little more and just one less touch. That's all I need from you. One less yeah. touch, man.
0: <laughs> yeah agreed. Agreed. All right. So the next question, I believe, is also from Twitter. It's from Andy Queen Footballista, which is a fun name too. Yeah.
1: yeah. Who
0: are you cheering for in the UCL final? Oh, as sure as hell ain't Man City. I'll tell you that. So it's Inter <laughs> Milan,
1: maybe all the way. Like I, yeah, there is no way in hell I'm pulling for Man City too. Anybody but them. <laughs>
0: This is one of those where, like, I really enjoy matches that have great importance that I have zero rooting interest in. Yeah. I am perfectly fine not cheering for one team or the other in something like that. <laughs> you know, like, I have, a, I have a five-year-old daughter, and she'll always, like, whenever we have sports on, she says, who are we cheering for? Which, like, sometimes it's, you know, Charlotte or it's UNC or it's whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, a lot of times I'm like, no one. We're just we're just watching this because like I I just want to sometimes just want to watch sports. And there's definitely times where sports can be way more fun when you don't have to worry about your team screwing it up. So (laughs) just sit back and just sit back and enjoy good, good sports. That's right. (laughs) But if I had to pick one, I'd pick same one. I pick him on, too. So. All right. Chris Tyler asks. If you could play for any team in the world against any team in the world, in any stadium, what would you pick? What a question.
1: Yeah, really great question. Very easy for me to answer. It would be Arsenal against Tottenham, playing at the Emirates, and kicking the shit out of the Spurs. (laughs) I score 10 goals.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Mine would be. (laughs) <laughs> it reminds, reminds me stupid reminds me uh playing for stoke city of course as i got the as i got yeah, the jersey I see on. That. and, and the in the gold. rain is it, is, is it in the rain in the rain <laughs> on a tuesday night <laughs> in the bet 365 which is a terrible stadium name it Was much better it was britannia even though it was a sponsor still against sunderland hmm Okay. How about that? There we go. I'm not gonna explain it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I, stick with it and go with it. I don't think you have to explain right. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Jay, good friend Jay, asks, Who is the most most important? Wait, did we ask this last week? I'm not sure. I think sure. we asked this last week.
1: Oh yeah? I think he tries yeah, the, I'm pretty I sure. think he tries to ask this every week.
0: I'll ask you again um, because you weren't on this one so uh, we had comments about this but I'll ask you again. So his his question was, who is the most important player for offensive production? Camille Svidersky, Westwood or Miram?
1: I think he has asked this one a couple of times but I don't ever remember answering it but anyway, so really good question Jay. Uh, I'm not sure what you guys said last week (laughs) Uh, Man, this is a tough, tough one because like, I think Camille has been the most important. Mm-hmm. I think who needs to be the most important is Westwood. Because mm-hmm. again, I I want us to work more through the middle. I want him to create more chances either over the top or through those channels. Uh, I've been kind of, well, Petty's been out, but I've been looking for that that video that was that we were promised by charlotte fc yeah. whereas the yep. westwood to capetti combo and i haven't seen that at all and so i yeah. i think he should be the most important because out of the midfield that we have right now he is our playmaker um which i don't agree yeah i don't think that's his best role but that's it's either him or brandt so there you go
0: yeah. and i believe last week we said we both said camille but the point we made was that it's um concerning that Capetti isn't even on the list. Um I mean, I know he's hurt right now, but yeah. you would think that your DP striker would be pretty important for for offensive production and he's not even on the list of the question. So we thought that was an interesting little
1: Yeah. Well, I look at production as passing assists, setting up, creating, you know, creating things. So not necessarily just scoring goals. Um but he did, I mean, he had Swiderski in there and um, yeah. I mean, Swiderski has played in the the midfield. So but yeah, I, I would still say Westwood needs to be the most important to jumpstart our chances, I guess.
0: Yep. All right, we'll hop into the next one from Jeff Eckland. What wins what win feels better? A low-scoring 1-0 or a high-scoring 4-3 win? Ooh.
1: I feel like everybody loves like high-scoring games. But right now, one to nothing games, I think, are better because our goal difference <laughs> is horrible. <laughs> uh, and we need some clean sheets. So, for me right now, I'll take 1-0 all day.
0: Feels better is an interesting way to say that. Because I, I think my gut was was going to be to say a 4-3. Because... I don't know if feels better is the right word, but it's more, it's a more exciting, especially yeah. at home. You know, if you're mm-hmm. winning four or three, unless you scored the first four and then are hanging on for dear life in the second <laughs> half or something like that, in theory, it's probably like a late winner or, you know, something. It's just a lot to celebrate. It's a lot of fun. It's going to be a really exciting match. So I think in a lot of ways that feels more fun. Whereas, you know, I think you're totally right from a, from a logical standings perspective we need some of those one zero wins but those can also be incredibly nerve-wracking when you have that one and we park, park the bus parks. and throw yes. throw five defenders back there just <laughs> hold on for dear life is not doesn't always feel great until the final whistle so yeah. that's that's a good one i like that one <laughs> all right from russell varner rusty asks how much longer before petkovic's play forces the team to sign him from Crown Legacy to the first team
1: Ooh. yeah so you know, there are rules in place for Crown Legacy specific players not players that Charlotte FC have has signed and are playing in Crown Legacy so mm-hmm. Petrovic is one of those players that yeah I think he can feature I need to I, I need to get some clarification but I, I think he can feature. Twice, I could be wrong on that. Twice before there's a cap hit. So how long is it going to take? I don't know. Who who does he replace? Who does he come in mm-hmm. for? Keep in mind, we're still playing. We're still paying two players that are not even on the squad anymore. So right. you got to offload that. There's the transfer window coming coming up. You know, is is he good enough? And we we've talked about raising our standards on this show quite a, quite a bit in the past. Mm-hmm. Is he good enough to come in and take someone's spot? Maybe I I, I don't know. Um, so I I hope he can continue to improve. But I don't know if that's now. I don't know if that's going to be in the off season I just, I want to see more of him in legacy because he hasn't been playing every single game and starting every single game. I think he had like a little bit of a knock so I need I want to see a little more before I can just say, yeah, let's sign him bring him up. It's easy to say that now because we're injury prone and and everything but again that's that's against the cap hit. We do have some limitations and we are paying for players not not playing
0: right. No, absolutely. The point I was going to make is what you finished with is is that I want to see more of him. I feel like, you know, I, I think he's, he's talented. I think he, he has a future there, but I think we need to see way more of him down at that level before we, before we get to that point of talking to him, talking about him coming up. So he certainly has the potential. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Josh Truman, speaking of the transfer window, uh, what positions should we focus on in the next trade window, transfer window, uh,
1: playmaker number 10. And left back. I, I think left back is still still a problem. Awful can't be playing left back every game. Joseph Mora, I, I don't think, is the future left back for this team. I don't yeah. like to see Nathan Byrne sliding over. Right. Uh, and I'd like to have somebody who can actually make some plays on that side. <laughs> um, you know? So, but I, I think the number one priority for me, gotta have somebody in the middle that can create some stuff, who can dribble, who can dribble out of pressure, who's not afraid to take people on, um, but can get some things, some things done. Somebody creative.
0: Totally agree. I was gonna. Well, I'll, I'll start with that. I, I think that is the most glaring thing I see when I watch. Our matches is especially, and I feel like it's more, you mentioned this, how it slows the game down. I feel like it's more noticeable when, when we're down late and trying to come back and, and score a, a tying goal like we were on Wednesday. It's it's even more glaringly obvious how that lack of creativity affects us and and, and how long it takes to get the ball moving forward and to find any kind of opportunities going forward. Um, and it's because they're just not really any kind of playmaker there in the middle that can, that can take that role. So I think that's, that's, that's huge. I was going to ask you though. Um, do you feel like center back is, is at a point where you're not jumping to get somebody there?
1: I feel better now because, you know, you got Corujo back. Milan has been solid. Bill is an option. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, then, and then I feel you know what I, I feel I feel horrible for, for Bill like he's had the yeah. worst luck yeah he's he's he struggled has. I was really excited about that signing but the guy has just not had a good season at all no. so but it's good to have depth we have Jan that's been playing you know well and uh, so yeah, I feel, I feel a lot, a lot better now that Carujo is back, but again, we're still one injury away for this being in the same boat. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the only other position that I had in my brain outside of what you said, as far as what I would be thinking about. So I just didn't know how you, how you're feeling there, but I agree that the, the other two, the other two are very important too. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to jump one question and come back to it. Cause we have kind of those, uh, we have a couple of fun questions. I'll, I'll end of, I'll end on. Um, so Greg Fenwick asks if every team was allowed at least one all-star, who do you think would deserve it from our club? So MLS
1: just put out, you know, vote for your vote for the all-star team. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I want our whole entire team to go. Um, but as I'm looking <laughs> at other players around the league, like, oh, you know, do they really deserve it? Uh you know, right. I think of I mean, it just it sucks that Uzwiak has been injured. He got injured twice. Um yeah. I feel like he would have been my kind of top person. Yep. There's Swiderski. I mean, Justin Justin Miram has been in good form, but you have to take the whole entire season, right? Um, So it's tough, man. We I just don't think. I mean, Usyak would have been my choice, but he's he's been out now. So
0: I think that's what's hard is is when I was thinking about this too. It's like if you're having to look at it from the whole season, or I guess you know, partial up to this point of the season and taking all that into account there's not been one player who's been whether it be because of injury or something else like the consistent go-to sh- like key player for this team it's had to that that roles had to move around a little bit because of you know injury or something else or you know Miriam wasn't with the team for the first you know <laughs> chunk of the season. So yep. so there's guys in there that I think in moments have have been that I would I would pick them as the all-star from our, our squad, but yeah, it's it's really hard because there just hasn't been that level of consistency to say like that's been the 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 crucial player week in week out for for the team. Yeah. All right. Last non-fun question. Brian Duncan asks where do you see us now in the playoff hunt do we make it or just miss out
1: I think we make it I think I think sixth or seventh is where we can land we -hmm. have some revenge games coming up soon Uh, I'm looking kind of at that like dc united revenge Mm -hmm. um but I mean hell, half the half the conference gets in, so we got a got a good shot. But uh <laughs> I, I hate our <laughs> new play uh playoff format. But uh yeah, no, um, I know I, I think sixth or seventh is is where we could realistically land.
0: Yeah, we're currently in seventh and that we you know it's it's gotten a little more spread out, but that chunk from like fifth to 11th or 12th is is really really tight so it's it, it, there's a, still a lot yeah. to be played to kind of sh- shuffle those things out i mean even last place you know inter miami is six points below us so it's not like there's a huge gap mm-hmm. on the table so yeah. you know there's a there's a lot of shooting can happen but i do i'm kind of with you i don't see us landing anywhere higher than maybe maybe fifth if we get on a really good run in the second half, but but I, I kind of see that five through seven space is where it seems like, assuming things, you know, progress this way is is where we end up landing. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul Hagen asks, "What is your holy grail of scavenger hunt finds?"
1: Um, like actually what I've found scavenger hunt scavenging. Um,
0: I, I, have, I have no idea. I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just reading the question. You can interpret how you, however you'd like to.
1: Yeah. So I think we've, we've talked about this on the show. There's a book called the secret, not the, the secret where you think nice thoughts and millions of dollars come to you, <laughs> but, um, it's called the secret. It was written in the eighties. This guy, uh, wrote this book with clues and um, graphics in there to kind of tell you where these treasures are hidden. But he buried twelve boxes in state parks throughout the throughout the U.S., and inside is a you know like this ceramic key thing. And if you find the key, you turn it in and you get a gem. Um, and it's this is a real thing. Only three, I think, have been found. Uh, where
0: do you turn it in? Sorry, that's just a, I don't know. I don't yes. it jumped out to me. But where do you go?
1: Yeah. So the the guy that wrote the book and buried the stuff, he passed away, but his family and the state still has it. So you basically mail it into them, or however <laughs> that works, and then they invite you up to where they are, and they present you with this thing. And uh, there's there's been a couple episodes on uh, Expedition Unknown about this, and okay one of the boxes is buried in Charleston and they, they did an episode about it. They didn't, they, they ended up not finding it, but I'm like, I think it's like right to the right of you guys. I, so I went there on vacation and I, was like, <laughs> I think it's like right in, right. But you have to get a permit to, to dig. Uh... I mean, you can get in a lot of, you can get a fine and get in a lot of trouble or just, you know, wait till midnight and you're wasted and just start digging holes on (laughs) the park. But, you know, whatever. Um,
0: We do not condone breaking the law in Charleston. Um,
1: (laughs) But yeah, there's one in Charleston. I think there's in Roanoke in North Carolina too. Uh, There's one in um, St. Augustine, uh, San Francisco. They're all over the place. But yeah, only three have been found. And one of them was found on the show that I I was just talking about. So anyway, that would be the one. It's the Holy grail.
0: Okay. I know y'all had already talked about this, but I wasn't on the recording where y'all talked about this. So I, I feel like I need to ask a couple of questions there. So yeah. that's a good one. I thought I, I was, <laughs> I was just waiting to see that this thing was made up and, and you're telling me people actually found it. So it's not made up. That's pretty great. Yeah, that'd no, be an yeah. even better thing to do yeah. is to write this book and create this legend. And you're just like, nah, I didn't really bear anything, but good luck.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no i, I think uh, um there was one found there was one found in chicago one found in cleveland um and then the the last one that was found a couple of years ago i think was boston
0: i think okay
1: they're and like i said nice. they're all in state parks uh there's poems that go with each kind of graphic and kind of gives you directions and hints and stuff like that so
0: that's cool there you go that's pretty cool yeah All right. I believe this is our final question, but uh, Donnie Imbleton asks, Dr. Emmett Brown just pulled up to your house in a DeLorean. By the way, I had a friend in high school. He's not going to listen to this. He doesn't care about this, but he was obsessed with DeLoreans. Like obsessed to a level that was like unhealthy and like was trying to save up all his money to buy a DeLorean. He like he wanted one so bad. I think he still is a little bit. Wanting to get DeLorean. But anyway, it's just mm. did always think about him when I when I read this. All right. He's got enough juice in the flux capacitor to take you back to one moment in the history of Charlotte FC where you can change one thing. Mm. When would it be? And what would you change? I think I have my answer on this one, but I'll let you go first.
1: Oh boy. Um, let me see if I can answer this. I would go to Miami Mm -hmm. and I would tell Anton Walks to not get on the jet ski. Mm. That would be, that would be what I would choose. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good one.
1: I can give you more of a lighthearted one, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I,
0: uh... so say I, I was thinking I, I went on the field and I, and I, and, and it feels weird to follow that one, but I think, I think you're right. That's, I mean, that's obviously yeah. huge in a lot of ways. I think if I was going to go, the first thing that jumped into my mind from an on field perspective, um, Let me make sure I get my get my dates and and everything. Or not dates, but timing right. But the Columbus continued match at the end of last season that was had such huge playoff implications. I would tell Kalina to get his ass back in the goal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not Uh, and not let a ball get lofted over. Yeah, I mean that
1: that that game really did massive. Yeah, it was it was it was a massive, massive moment. Um, the only other thing that I could think of uh, to maybe, I don't know if this is even more like lighthearted, but um, <laughs> I would go back in time to when Zoran and the scouting team and Miguel are having a conversation about TT or T's. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> and Indian Perignon- <laughs> uh, just an amazing number 10 to this team. Um I've made no bones about it. I thought signing T.T. Ortiz was a horrible idea. Um I would I would go back in time and say, hey, maybe don't sign him. Let's go get a real number 10 because that position has I think has plagued us mm-hmm. two seasons now. So that would be my other answer. Sorry, I was kind of Debbie Downer with the, with the Anton walks answer, but that's, no, that's, no. The, one, I mean, that's it, the first no, thing that popped in my head.
0: There's no need to apologize. I mean, I think you're totally right. I mean, as far as taking that question, I mean, that's, that is absolutely should be number one for, for everyone. I would agree with that too. So I think that's that's a great answer for it. Okay. All right. I believe that's, that's all of our, all of our questions on here. So I think before we, hmm. before we run off, into the weekend. Um, We do have the the next match is Saturday and yet another road match. Speaking of Columbus, we travel up to Columbus to play the crew. Do you have a score prediction you want to throw out?
1: I want to say maybe like one-to-one. I think Mm -hmm. a draw would be good. I would like to win. We beat them at home. So to get points on the road, Against them would be would be good, um, but I think I think more realistically a draw.
0: I'm going to be unrealistically optimistic and say let's just let's just go big. I'm going to go three one win. We're going to sentence one? three, one. Let's just, let's just throw it out into the universe and see what happens. Do I, let's, let's does do the it. rational side of me agree with that? No, my rational side says one, one draw like you did, but no, I'm going to, I'm just going to go big out there and let's yeah, say three, but, one win.
1: Well, we talked about the secret, the other secret where you wish things <laughs> and it happened. So
0: let's just, <laughs> yeah, let's just, I'm channeling that book. I'm channeling that it. secret book that to, one. to just put things, good things in the universe and, and, and hope they happen. You know, let's, let's get, let's get, Let's get Vargas one. Let's let uh, let's get another one. I don't know. Maybe Miriam get back in the scoring sheet again. Just yeah. all three up in the front there. Have a have a good day.
1: I like it. Let's do it.
0: Put it out all there. Right. And
1: let's let's make it happen.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, with that, we will we will sign off. Next week, we'll be getting to talk about a home match again. I'm really excited to actually have uh, a home match after this weekend coming up. So, so we get to talk about tailgating and, and fun things in the home match. But uh, until then, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Matt. See you guys.